Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, one of the senior pastors of A Day of Prayer. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Um, I always love this time just sharing the Word of God with you. And my sincere prayer and desire is that you're growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ and that you are maturing and you are becoming a skillful warrior in the things and the ways of God and in the Word of God so that you're able to not only rule and reign by Christ Jesus, but you are able to put the devil under your feet every chance you get. And that you're not only you will be blessed, but your generations, you know, I'm not just satisfied with you being free. I want your children to be free and your children's children to be free. I want you to go in as, as long as we're here on this earth until the Lord Jesus comes back. I want you to propagate freedom that is only found in Jesus Christ throughout your lineage and your heritage. And, um, I love being a part of that. So today we're going to talk about uh, what the world doesn't tell you about sin. I know that's a probably a funny title, but I, it's something that I talk with my children about. Um, there's so much happening in the the world system, and that's what I mean by the world. The world system and the adversary who is a who is behind it never tells you the fine print never gives all the details to what's going to happen, um, but spends great effort and detail into making sin or and or worldly ways look enticing. So that even the most blessed believer is drawn away into ulterior lust. And I mean, I'm sure coming to your mind right now is um, a, a little woman um, from the Garden of Eden <laughs> who was literally clothed in the glory of God and walked with him every day and had every need met and all the provision, all the resources, all the gold and all the precious gemstones and all the water and all the trees and the animals, everything you could think of was in her hand and her possession. And there was a, a little gentleman with her and they gave it up because the world system or the adversary who was actually behind the world made sin look so tempting, look like it was such a great deal. So the scripture we're going to look at today is Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. And I, I would really encourage you to go back and read the whole chapter of Second um, Peter chapter 2. Uh, Go ahead and read the whole Bible cover to cover. Take your time and enjoy that. But right now, I just want you to focus on this and don't see it from a religious perspective. Don't just limit it to what your the image your mind paints, but really let Holy Spirit um, develop this word in you and show you everywhere it applies. Uh, so let's read those verses. Uh, let's see. Verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Now, in a oh, 
recent podcast, but you know, maybe it's been a few weeks ago, I talked about being mindful of the voices of this world and being mindful in the regard of guarding your gates and being sensitive that you do not get drawn away by those voices because there's many voices in the world and they are doing their very best to lull people into a sense of sleep and to draw them into pleasures so they don't see the end coming. They don't see um, that they are actually being put into bondage, that they're actually be drawn, being drawn away from God and literally lulled, lulled and lured to hell. Um, and even for the believers, there's so much of the world system amongst the children of God, the body of Christ today, that it's, it's astounding. You really can't tell the difference aside from a hallelujah here and there from a Christian and someone who is in the world. They cuss the same, they, they dress the same, they got the same <laughs> trends going on. I mean, they're, they're doing the same things. And the perspective that I'll just put Jesus's name on it and that'll make it okay. I'll put that proverbial Jesus cherry on top of the Sunday and that'll make the whole thing blessed is not a godly perspective. The Lord said, come out from them, come out from among them and be ye separate. Not, not saying to take us out of the world. Jesus said he specifically did not pray that prayer that we would be taken out of the world, but that the Lord would keep us while we're in the world. So him saying, come out from among them and being separate is saying, don't be transformed to the image of the world, right? Don't be, I'm sorry, don't be conformed to the image of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so that you are conformed to the image of Christ, that you now become the full expression of the new creation that you've already been made on the inside, that it shows up on the outside, that you should look like Christ instead of looking like, put someone's name there that you've been watching their videos or, <laughs> you know, some rap star or some movie, some actress or, you know, whatever. You're not supposed to be looking like them. You're supposed to be looking like Jesus. And I'll tell you what Jesus provided, the beauty that he gave, the wisdom that he provides, the strength that he provides, there's nothing in this world that compares to it. But what the adversary does is tricks and lulls and deceives you into giving away what he, what God the Father already gave you. Just like that little man and woman that were in the garden in the beginning. They had everything, but he tricked them into giving it up for nothing, uh, for literal death on two accounts. They died spiritually and then they died naturally when they were built and intended to live forever. So, in Second Peter, just the whole chapter, it talks about false prophets. It talks about all these things. And instantly we would go to someone who's standing with an oracle in their hand and they're pretending to be Christians. But a false prophet is nothing more than someone who's declaring things that God didn't say, whether they're a Christian or not a Christian. If they're declaring something and proclaiming something over you and to you that God did not say, then they are therefore a false prophet. So no need to go judging anybody else that you see. Well, their word didn't come to pass. No need to do any of that. I'm just telling you right, short and sweet right there. If they're declaring something that God didn't say, that's who the Lord is talking about being a false prophet, not a genuine man of God or woman of God who their prophet, what the Lord told them hasn't come to pass yet. Or um, even if someone misheard the Lord, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. So there are lots of voices in the world today, especially in America, um, but I've seen it all over the world and there's a spirit of the age that's speaking the same things around the world 
so that people and cultures and places that have nothing to do with each other look all but identical. So that tells you it's a spiritual situation rather than a natural one. But there's great effort put into the the TV ads and, you know, the latest trends to get you to just float on over to join their way. And I know for a lot of believers, it's it's sometimes a challenge because you're like, well, they have this and they're they're showing me that and she's going here and look, she, look at her selfie, she's living her best life or he's doing his thing and look at all the women and all the money and all the gold and the bling and, you know, he's famous or, you know, you start looking at those things because of course the adversary is putting forth the best shine on it, if you will, because underneath it, is nothing but rotten, rotting bones <laughs> and trash. Do you think if the serpent had have told woman that, yeah, girl, you gonna, you about to die. You know, you finna die. <laughs> you gonna kick that, get kicked out of this garden. You're not gonna be as close to God as you were. And you are literally gonna die. Not only that, but you're gonna go to hell too. Do you think if he had told her that, that she would have taken the fruit that the Lord told her not to eat? Absolutely not. She would have smacked him out of the tree and stomped on him. You know, she wouldn't have given it a second thought. So the adversary spends a lot of time trying to put forth the best face, if you will, so that you don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. You don't pay attention to the pit that's dug over there. And if you can imagine this, you know, when I talk to my children about it, it, there's always a comparison. God's way always looks so hard. You know, it looks dark and scary and thunder and lightning and the trees don't have any leaves on it. And, you know, it's like like a crooked path going down the road and it seems so hard. But once you get over that initial feeling and that initial motion, the path of God, it straightens out. You're like, okay, phew. It doesn't mean there's not um, different turns in the path, but you're never alone. And it brings the peace of God to your life. But sin, the path of sin, it has little bunnies out front, the little cute birdies that are going, you know, they're, they're singing and the ray of sunshine and the grass is green and it looks so awesome. And it looks like, well, why not go this way? But there's this little, there's this little green hedge that's kind of covering things, but it just shows you it's so beautiful. The grass is nicely trimmed. Everything looks like it's just hunky dory. But once you get in and you get past that hedge, you know, there's a drop off a 50 foot cliff with jagged rocks and spikes at the bottom. There's a big pendulum axe swinging across, you know, picture Indiana Jones. (laughs) There's a giant ball rolling down as chasing you down the road, looking to smash you as the walls are closing in and the ceilings coming down and the floor is pressing up. That's what it's like going the world's way there, that trap that's always behind there for everyone. And there's a reason that the people don't actually show you, even the reality shows, they put on a script for their supposed reality. Why? Because they're living in hell. Any life that is a life without God is hell. I don't care how much money you have, how many women uh, or men that you sleep with. I don't care how much jewelry you put on, how much makeup you cake on your face, how naked you appear, how plunging your neckline is or how you're split or, you know, how much of your rump you get plastic surgery on. I know I'm going in, I'm sorry. How many hips you get put on, how many pectoral muscles you get put in place so you look buff, how chiseled, how many jaw implants you put in so you have a perfectly chiseled smile. It doesn't matter. The life is still hell without Christ because there's nothing good outside of him. But a lot of believers are fooled into thinking they must know something that you don't. 
they must have something that you don't have and you need to come and peek over that hedge to see if you should go down that way or if you should pick up a few of their trinkets along the path. You know, don't ever forget that wisdom comes from God. Godly wisdom is from above and yields the peace of God, but carnal wisdom is sensual and demonic and it is full of every evil work. And the end and the outcome has already been written. So when you're tempted to look aside and go, well, maybe I'll think about that. Well, maybe they've got something I don't have. Maybe I want to live like them just a little bit. Remember that they're not telling you the fine print. You know, I, I've not always been a believer and I lived my life without God for a long time. And one day, you know, it was, I was like the prodigal son laying in the, the pig mire, <laughs> the pig pen and the wallow coming to, coming to myself and saying, what am I doing here? I kept living the same pattern over and over hoping for the outcome that the TV shows told me I would have. I kept looking at the romance movies thinking, well, if I, if I turn my head like this, when I kiss, or if I, if I, um, wear my dress like this, when I go out, or if I do, you know, if I keep working at this, eventually it's going to turn into a rainbow at the end, but no, there's nothing but pits and, and literal hell. Like I had literal hell in my life and I was miserable and, um, just, I could not win if I tried. And I kept wondering, but my, well, so-and-so was doing the same thing, but her life worked out. And I had really tricked myself into seeing that their life was working out for them. But when the Lord brought me to myself, I, I really examined and said, oh, wait, she's getting punched in her face. Like, no, that doesn't work. Uh, having those kind of relationships, that doesn't work. She's being abused. And pardon the way I said that, I don't mean to be crass or to make light of it, but people that were being abused and, you know, they were living a life that they were ashamed of and they just kept going and going. I had joined in with that same process thinking it was going to work out for me because my name was Kamisha and I was going to sin better than they were, but sin doesn't work out for anyone. Just look through the scriptures. Everyone that partook of sin roughly got the same outcome, whether they perished in this way or perished in that way, it's still perishing. Whether they lost in this way or they lost in that way, it's still losing. (laughs) So you have to kind of just conclude, I don't need to experience every sin that there is. And I don't need to even for one second, um, lust or contemplate the way of sin, because I know what it's going to bring. The consequence of sin, when sin reaches its fullness, the penalty of sin is death. When it breaches its fullness, it brings forth death. God did not lie about that. If it brought forth death to woman in the garden and man and caused all of humanity to be touched by their sin to the point that sin is literally bred into us, it's a part of our nature and our DNA because we have human parents. If that was how deep it was, then why do I think I'm going to have a different outcome? I would be silly, right? (laughs) You guys might say, oh, you need to have your head checked, lady. Absolutely. So no matter what bow they put on it, no matter what sparkle or dazzle, no matter how many camera angles and the photographer that's ready waiting or the filters they put on that selfie or the plane they stand in front of and pretend like it's theirs, don't you buy it. Don't believe it. But instead, put your eyes back on the word of God and see all that God has promised you here. Put your eyes on 
the author and finisher of your faith and let your heart, your life, your mind, and your um, desire and perspective be pure towards him. Let your eyes be madly in love with Jesus. Truly in love with him is really what I mean. And deeply in love with him and be satisfied that anything you need, he's got it. He's your answer. You don't need to know how they put on their eyelashes. You don't need to know how they, 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 they torque their weave in the morning. You don't need that. You need to just let Jesus make you because he's the one who created you. He's the one who's got all the beauty tips you're ever going to want, ever going to need. And he will make you stand out versus being another carbon copy. He will help you. Be confident in who you are and your identity and you will find rest in him and not have to chase a trend after trend after trend or approval or after approval. And most of all, you won't be ensnared in the things that he's already freed you from. So I hope that word blessed you today and I hope it strengthened you to put your eyes back on Christ and look at him with newness and remember your first love that he holds the key to you in his hands and realize that you're on the right path with him. If you feel like this message would be a blessing to someone, please share it with them. Um, Pass the link along or um, subscribe or like this episode. And if you haven't had a chance um, and you want to know more about um, this ministry, A Day of Prayer, and connect with um, Pastor John or myself for the ministry, please go to our website, adayofprayer.org, and um, look up in the menu bar and click on connect and fill out the connect card. And don't forget to check subscribe to the newsletter at the bottom and you'll get our monthly newsletter that comes out that just tells you, um, you know, things that are happening in this ministry, how you can get involved and also sharing things that the Lord is doing or saying um, to um, Pastor John and myself and our, you know, just how he's leading us in the ministry. We always love to hear from you and we do keep you in our prayers. And I pray for you because I want God's best in your life. So thank you so much. And I'll see you right back here next week. Remember that God is good. He loves you and he's more than enough. And live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. (laughs) 